Hello and welcome to the Americano podcast, a series of discussions about American politics and the Trump presidency. I'm Freddie Gray. I'm deputy editor of The Spectator. I'm joined today by our regular guest, Jacob Heilbrunn, who is the editor of The National Interest. And we're going to be talking about how Donald Trump has brought Kim in from the cold. Jacob, uh, as far as I can see, two very important things have happened in the last 24 hours. One is um, the rapprochement between Kim Jong-un and Donald Trump, which uh, we'll talk about in just a moment. But uh, perhaps even more significant is the launch of Spectator USA, which you are uh, are going to be a very frequent contributor to. Um, And in fact, your first blog was about uh, the Donald Trump-Kim Jong-un rapprochement. Um, First of all, tell us a little bit about uh, that, uh, and then we'll talk a bit more about American diplomacy. Well, actually, I thought that the true bombshell was the cataclysmic effect that the new Spectator USA could have upon the political (laughs) debate in the United States. It's already causing more ruffling feathers. It's a new British invasion, as it were. (laughs) Perhaps Donald Trump will find it to be less fake news than he does much of the American media. We're expecting the president to follow us on Twitter any moment. Well, as it happens, Trump issued his own bombshell at around 7 p.m. last night. As you know, he announced that he intends to accept Kim Jong-un's gracious invitation uh, to meet him man-to-man. And it appears they will have a summit meeting by May. And Trump did an end run around all of his advisors. This was very reminiscent of Ronald Reagan in March 1983. He simply went on national TV and announced a strategic defense initiative or missile defense. He had not really told any of his advisors, most of whom probably would have been opposed, that he was about to do this. So Trump is somewhat in the Reagan vein of just announcing policies that he tends to prefer when, whenever he feels like it. You think this is a, or you've suggested in your blog, this is, or at least could be, a really great diplomatic masterstroke? If it works, it would be the coup of the century, of our young century. But would you say the odds are against it working? We simply don't know. It's all speculation, because the hardliners, Max Boot, prominent neocon in the United States, and quite an eloquent writer, announced this morning in in the Washington Post that Trump had been snookered, that he's credulous. And this has been the conservative line, the line of the Wall Street Journal and other publications, that we simply... This does seem to be what you maybe you'd call the more hawkish line would say that actually Kim Jong-un is the one who's triumphed here and that Trump is now talking to a dictator and has effectively sort of reduced America's standing by correct you know accepting a dictator on his own terms on the other yeah. hand people used to say that during the cold war at some point west germany used to have what was called the hallstein doctrine where they refused to recognize east germany and would not have diplomatic re- relations with any other country in the world that recognized mm. east germany These attempts at isolation ultimately failed. And the big question mark is, North Korea, is it heading toward bankruptcy? Is Kim Jong-un, in fact, proceeding from a position of weakness into these negotiations that Trump could exploit? So I think it's interesting that liberals are also chastising Trump. Previously, they condemned him for being a warmonger. Now they say he's not bellicose enough. And I mean, I suppose another 
argument related to that is that it they would say that I suppose Democrats and Republicans who both think this way would say that he has encouraged other countries that might think about developing nuclear weapons or weapons of mass destruction to think that if they do a Kim, America will negotiate with them. Yeah, I suppose you could make that argument, but you could also argue that maybe the American elimination of Saddam Hussein and Colonel Gaddafi Mm. has in fact prompted Kim Jong-un to come to the bargaining table. Maybe he took Trump's threats seriously yes. and is positioning himself to avoid the decapitation of his regime. Yes, because, I mean, it must be said where previous presidents have just not managed to, as you put it in your blog, grasp the North Korean nettle, there's no denying that Trump has now. Yes, and it's interesting because Obama told him when they met in the White House shortly before Trump was inaugurated, he told him that his number one threat and problem would be North Korea. Mm. Now, Trump has vowed that he, unlike his predecessors, would grasp this nettle. And it's caused him some pain already, but the, 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 pay, the payoff could be tremendous. It would, as I suggested, perhaps even qualify him for the Nobel Peace Prize in Stockholm. Yes, which would be because in his head he's, he, he does think of himself as a sort of anti-Obama, it seems. And for him to pull off a, an actual achievement in favor of peace would really sort of suck it to Obama in his eyes, wouldn't it? Right. But he also has a grandiose conception of himself. But then again, so did Reagan. Yes. And so does Kim. For that Obama was more, was more of a technocrat than a visionary. It seems to be these Republican presidents who are somewhat disdainful of the bureaucracy, or as Trump called it, the deep state, yeah. that tend to go for broke. And when Reagan did it, the result was the end of the Cold War. Now, granted, Reagan had Mikhail Gorbachev to work with, but the, the question mark over all of this is, what do the North Koreans really want? And for all the brickbats that Trump is going to receive about being credulous, and I hate to tell you again, but the word, ne- the name Neville Chamberlain regularly resurfaces in American debate. Yes. Uh, I think Trump is making the right decision. You have to, when the stakes are so high, the possibility of nuclear war, that you have to explore every possibility to avoid it. And if he goes into the negotiations without being ready to concede everything and does prepare somewhat, then we don't know what will happen, but at least you have the prospect of something other than a collision where millions of people die. You mentioned Reagan a few times. Do you think then of him, he may well be a postmodern Reagan figure? I mean, look at the tax cut, look at this sort of innovative approach to foreign policy. It's very hard to know because Trump at the same time is in deep waters right now Mm. with uh, with the porn star Stormy Daniels. The Mueller investigation, the news, this, the net keeps tightening there. Yes. And Trump may well have been guilty of criminal activity in the past. I think the interesting comparison, maybe the most interesting, is with Richard Nixon, who mm. did the opening to China, but none of it in the end was enough to prevent Watergate. Mm. Trump is a branding genius. 
and born a born entertainer. He will milk the North Korea episode every day as much as he can to build up the suspense as much as possible and to deflect attention. So politically, it was a, it was a move of genius. Mm. How long it will, will pay off? I mean, his domestic considerations had to be also figure highly in, in accepting this invitation. But as, as we said, he is, he is also audacious. So you have to give him credit for, for being willing to, to do this. Uh, and he will be derided as a fool, but then again, so is Reagan. Yes. Does he reach for these audacious moves when his presidency is in trouble, or is it not clear enough to, to see that pattern? I think he favors the bold move anyway. Yeah. But in, under these circumstances, with his White House largely imploding... Uh, he he was he was desperate to change the storyline. Now the question for him as well will be: Does he have the discipline to attract a real crew of seasoned advisors that can counsel him going into this meeting? Because the downside is, if the meeting is a disaster, he either gives away the store or departs in a huff. Then it may actually exacerbate the chance of war. Mm. The Winter Olympics recently suggested that Kim Jong-un actually wants to come in from the cold. And so this perhaps will be the opportunity for, for North Korea to, to do that. And that's not necessarily, you know, for all the huffing and puffing about what a terrible dictator he is, and that's no doubt true, having a North Korea that doesn't want to destroy the world is, is surely a good thing. Well, that's right, Freddie. And again, the example of East Germany may be pertinent because once the West Germans began to treat with the East Germans, they basically subverted the society. The more exchanges you have, the more mutual business activity. The West Germans in some ways corrupted the East German regime. Mm. They, they essentially were funding the country. They bought it out. Mm. And they weren't able to avert its collapse. But um, you want some kind, if the, if the South Koreans... The ideal for them would be some kind of to soften the landing because the estimates are it would cost $13 trillion to rebuild North Korea. Yeah. So, but then there are other countries at play here too. The Japanese are surely quaking right now over the prospect that, that Trump will cut a deal with the South Koreans, with the North Koreans. I mean, maybe Trump is aiming to, to extricate American troops from the South in exchange for denuclearization. So... One thing is sure, it's, it'll give everyone lots to write about. So I don't know why the foreign policy elite in D.C. is complaining so much about Trump. Well, he does give everyone a lot to write about. And in a way, it's the, perhaps the last front, the last great front in the Cold War, in the war against communism. That's actually a very astute comment, Freddie. Oh, thank um, you. You're right. I mean, we have Cuba. <laughs> well, <laughs> we, we all try. Um, yes, you're right, because Cuba doesn't pose a, a military threat to the United States. Mm. Um, it's just an annoyance, or it was an annoyance. And he, the stakes have not really changed in Korea. Actually, they've heightened since since the Cold War, haven't they? Yes. Well, maybe that's the title for this podcast, Has Donald Trump Just Won the Cold War? <laughs> well, that would be interesting. <laughs> Is Donald Trump going to win the final battle of the Cold War? Exactly. Yeah. 
Well, Jacob, it's always fascinating to talk to you. And thank you so much for your blogs for the new Spectator USA website. Please keep them coming. Thank you, Freddie. Thank you very much for listening. Just a reminder that you can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes. And you can also subscribe to the magazine through our special podcast offer, which is on www.spectators.co.uk forward slash pod offer. And we'll even throw in a Spectator Moleskin notebook for people who take up that offer. (laughs) 